Hour number two of Canuck Central. It's Dan Richo and Satyar Shaw. We're in the Kintec studio. This hour is brought to you by Andrew Sherritt Limited, your plumbing and heating wholesaler, a proud family-owned BC company helping local business since 1892. Uh, Canucks reverse retros looked good last night. I, th- I thought they actually looked uh, better on the ice yeah. than, I, than I thought they looked in pictures. Big agree, unlike the Canucks. <laughs> what what are they now like zero and five in reverse retro jerseys? Yeah, the jerseys look better than the team on the ice. Uh, still without a win in uh, any reverse retro jersey they've worn. Yeah, just seeing some of the uh, gifts and and photos from uh, a Penguins and Sabers clash in reverse retro jerseys, and <laughs> man, they look fire. These yeah. uh, these Sabers jerseys with the the bull and the blue and yellow threads. Um, Love you it. Like it, absolutely love it. And uh, one of the Canucks did a, or one of the Penguins did a uh, Yarmer Yager salute uh, on one of his goals. So uh, they, it's 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 Jason Zucker who's back from injury, but just basically <laughs> looks like uh, the the Penguins reverse retro jersey. It's just a it's, like there's nothing reverse about it. It just looks exactly like the mid '90s Penguins jersey that mm-hmm. that uh, Mario and Yager used to wear, and it looks fantastic. So uh, I love it. It's a clean look. Uh, great look. Um, all right, enough Jersey talk. Uh, Marcus and Gibsons. The Canucks played like they were the Abbey Canucks. <laughs> uh, no lies detected. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's not great. It's not great. Now we had um, we've had a lot of criticism and anger in the text inbox. Um, Connie and Jeff also text in and talk about supporting the team and uh, saying they've been Canucks fans forever and they'll turn it around. So there are. You know, some positive voices in the text inbox. They're few and far between, but they do exist. Uh, we know a, a big positive voice uh, on the show each and every week is uh, Kevin Woodley. We bring him in every Wednesday, the goalie guru in Goal Magazine and NHL.com and bringer of candy to the press box, a little birdie told me last night, Woodley. Yeah, you know, you gotta 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 support the troops. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think and what you're trying to do is buy... support your own waistline by getting rid of all that candy. Exactly, <laughs> and keep your marriage alive when your wife says, "You bought all this extra candy. It better be gone within a day or two. There's still a bag or so kicking around here too. I got a little carried away. The uh, the neighborhood did not support my buying habits. Uh, may have. There's a rumor that my, my my wife may have bought some crappy cheap stuff, and Ooh. I couldn't uh, risk the chance of us being that house, <laughs> and so I uh, doubled the overall content by buying some good candy. So, oh, nonetheless, wow. um, I used to actually, guys, I used to do this. I used to bring whatever was left over to the uh, media room the next day, or when the next time we were in, back at at the rink, and we'd be gone by the morning skate, but. There is no media room at Rogers Arena anymore, so it had to come to the press box for the game last night. I was literally ha- like on my way in the building, like security, grab a handful, elevator, grab a handful. <laughs> Every person that would buy in the press box, grab a handful. And guess what? I still have multiple handfuls left. So, Oh, wow. Yeah, eyes were bigger than the tummy, or at least the tummy of the neighborhood did. So. <laughs> Not enough teenagers trick-or-treating, right? Because if, if you tell them to grab a handful, the, the whole the whole bag's empty, and uh, I guess that was we actually have honest young children in our neighborhood. So, good sign for humanity, as you said. Not good for my waistline. Yeah. I decided to get on the rest of the media last night. See, you, you hide it in a corner of the garage, and then just bring it out next year when yeah. it's Halloween time again. I mean, you know, yeah. Who, who's been more giving? Um, Kevin Woodley to the media, or the I Canucks was to their handing opponents? out candy yeah. like the Canucks hand out two on one. Oh, boy. buddy, there we go. We there knew we that go. was coming. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty good, Sad. I like that. So we talked a lot about it today. Um, it it's not it's not as though the Canucks were terrible last night, but again, it's one of those things where the types of chances they give up are just so glaring and so juicy for the opposition that it's almost it's almost impossible to overcome and it's impossible for your goalie to save. Yeah, like, you know, like we talk about grade A's and grade A plus and those are plus 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 and um yeah, especially and, and talk about like like just cannot get that that ball rolling back uphill right now if you're Patrick Demko. Like he only saw what, one shot in the first 13, 14 minutes of that yeah, game? Yeah. yeah. And it was tic tac toe, no chance on the power play. Mm, and like door. so like like not only is that like an like like just a almost impossible chance to stop, especially if you play it honest. Um but that's what you're sitting on mentally for like that whole like because you don't face another one. I've talked about this before, like not a ton of volume, but quality. And Hey, like that's the job. Um, and, and that's, you know, like you have to deal with what you get given, but like, that's been part of the trend this year. Um, especially early in the season, you know, I look at that Oilers game and some of those road trip games where they didn't give up a ton. They give up a lot of shots, but they continue to give up the same type of quality they have. And, you know, yeah, there have been some goals this year. Um, that are uncharacteristic. I mean, the one in Seattle from the blue line just like just doesn't go in. Uh, but like, if you're pointing at goaltending last night, um, I don't know what to tell you, right? Like the two on ones, even you know, maybe. And we've talked about this because it's repeated. Like this is not a new trend. Like the pass is getting through on the two on ones. So. Yeah. If you're Thatcher, how much longer can you not start to cheat that pass? And here's the problem. As soon as you cheat in this league, that's when they start short side and you high mm-hmm. off, you know, the guy holding the puck. And that's it's a really tough way to do things. But, um, you know, if it's going to continuously get through, if nothing else, like maybe you have to start hedging. Maybe you have to start not playing it honest and take a little less ice off the initial rush so that that path to the back door, so that path across the ice, is that much shorter when you have to make that push because as much as, you know, and I I haven't confirmed this, but I just got to believe that that's just the way they, like the way he's setting up tells me the way they're supposed to play it is to prevent that pass. Mm -hmm. And and it's every time, like it's just, it's every time. And so you don't want to start cheating. Uh, It's the last thing you want to start doing as a goaltender. But if, if they're not, if they're never going to take away that pass, maybe you start, got to start playing for it a little bit. doesn't mean you, doesn't mean you lean. Um, it doesn't mean you go early, um, but maybe you need to take a, a, a little less ice. As much as you, again, you, like that's not what you want. You don't want them to change the way they play as goaltenders. Mm-hmm. Maybe you take a little less ice if you just can't trust the guys to take away that that lateral play. I mean, I mean that's what it is all the time, right? Like mm-hmm. lateral plays. And I heard some talk last night too. Um, you know, I got this question in the press box. The the one that goes off the pad to the back door, the two nothing goal. Um, it was tough to see. It didn't look like he got eyes on the release. Uh, but for sure, I was told that puck changed direction on the way to him. So at that point, you're just looking to make the initial save. And and again, trusting that your defenseman, I think it's Hughes in that point, actually takes his guy on the back door, and there was nobody within what a three or four foot radius for the tap in. 
Well, you know, like that that's the big thing about all this is the trust that's starting to erode between uh, the, the goalie and his teammates. And you know this, Kevin, you don't protect the back door. That's a real easy way for that trust to start eroding. And it's happening time and time again. I'm not sure. I mean, it's hard for me to pick out whether he's already, that's already starting to happen. He... I don't think Demko was bad on the goals. What he looked to me like was he seemed a bit unsure at times last night. Are we starting to see that that trust erode, and is that seeping in, or is it not yet at that breaking point? Well, I mean, he's still playing this two on ones. Like as much as I'm yeah. sitting here going, maybe you got to take glass ice. He's still playing them how he's always played them. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I mean, in that case, no. Like it looks like a guy who's still playing things straight up. Um, the way you know the way they're way you're supposed to in terms of trusting that your defense is going to take away that pass and you're focusing on the shooter so um you know in that case no like like i don't like he's try looks like he's still trying to play everything squared up and straight up but again like this reminds me of oilers days i when they used to you know chew up and spit out goaltenders left right and center and i used to say like hey man if the backdoor pass gets through 10 straight times or nine straight times, and you start leaning and cheating on the tenth, and that's when they short side you. Like that used to be what happened in Edmonton all the time. Like sort of an oversimplification on the problem. I don't like. I would have to think at this point, it's sort of tough to trust this environment in front of you completely. And yet, like I said, on those two on ones, he plays in the same way he was at the beginning of the season, and the way that pass is getting through. Like I said, you almost have to adjust. Um, as much as you don't want to, I, I don't see him cheating yet. Set maybe a little uncertainty at times. Um, you know, it certainly probably looks a little bit like fighting confidence a bit. Certainly at times, pucks that were used to sticking to him or are maybe getting away. There was one off the chest the other day um, that you expect almost to be a smother, and it popped out back in front of him. So, um, you know, as bad as the defense is, like you know, when I look at the adjusted numbers, it's it's still below expected, right? So. Last night is like, I think you had a problem if you're blaming that one on the goalie. But I think there are times where like they just need more out of him than they've gotten up until that point. As much as it hasn't been easy in front of him, you know that's kind of how this team is built, right? Like to rely on goaltending. Um, you know they made, they wouldn't apologize for it when it was working last year, and they doubled down on it in terms of roster construction by not changing a whole lot uh, in the off season. So that's what you're counting on. And we've talked before about that maybe being a tough way to to, to uh, survive in the National Hockey League, but they're counting on better. And, and overall, they haven't they haven't gotten that level yet, like like not up to his standards. But again, last night, I just find that one a, you know, it almost feels like the blame is being put there because everything's cumulative and everybody's just tired of how this is all going. But like last night is the one that, you know, out of all of them, that's the last thing I look at. Yeah, that what's hard to uh, uh, sort of uh, you know look, figure out with this team is you know we're we're in the press box Friday and being like, hey, uh, this is this is much better from the Canucks, and that was the Pittsburgh game, but you know that's... that was the pit, but that because that was the Pittsburgh game. Like I think we've discovered, yeah, maybe we hadn't realized it yet that they got some problems of their own in Pittsburgh right now. Yeah, and the thing to me that's different between the teams, guys, is just the pace with which they play. Um, and frankly, we saw it as as impressive as the Pittsburgh win was, and you don't take anything away from them. Frankly, we saw it the night before in Seattle, which is why I, Frank, you know, again, I they get all the credit in the world for for bouncing back uh, and having that you know back to back wins in that game against Pittsburgh. 
But I thought they were fortunate to get away with the win in Seattle because against a team that transitioned the puck and attacked with speed, it was like an open-door policy at the Vancouver Blue Line. Just come on in. Come one, come all, set up and do what you like on offense. And I think, you know, first period actually wasn't bad last night, but eventually teams that transition the puck quickly and have speed, you know, do things like create two-on-ones off breakouts out of their own end. Like, it reminded me of the McCann goal in Saint in in Seattle, like like that like that can't happen in the National Hockey League. You can't just have a you know like your neutral zone is set up. You've had time to sort of get into your position, and a guy you know coming out from behind his own own net makes like one two passes later, and you're in a you're in a clear cut two on one. Like it's just too easy, especially against teams that can make that pass and can generate speeds in a neutral zone. It's just. They have not been able to solve that, and I think that to me was the difference. Pittsburgh just didn't have that. Was it was that one on OEL for you? Uh, which one that were? Which one are we talking about? The uh... my head's a little swimming. There's been so many. <laughs> also, there has been a lot of candy consumed in the last forty eight hours. Yeah, the uh, I guess it was the third goal the Devils scored last night, or was it? Uh... Man, they all kind of blend together. But the, the Sharon Govich goal, oh, the, 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 the Sharon Govich goal, John yeah. Marino, the John Marino breakout. I, yeah. I'll be perfectly honest with you. That was uh, that was one of those ones that sometimes you're putting your head down to write a little bit, and and I'm guilty on that one. So yeah. I don't want to pass blame on that one. To be honest, guys, I didn't break it down to that degree. So I'm not gonna, you know, frankly, um, that's fair. I'm not gonna talk into my ass and make it up. <laughs> no, f- fair enough. Now, I did want to. So last night, Boudreaux was asked about practice. And yeah. he said, we work hard in practice, but obviously it's not translating to games. Their habits are terrible, Kevin. They have been, right? Like the mistakes that they make, you see on the PK as well. We were talking about Bo admitted to being overaggressive on the PK. I mean, these are guys who played, you know, 600 games in NHL now. I mean, not knowing they have to keep your stick in the right lane, not knowing which lanes to occupy, not knowing when you should be pushing uh, and, and pressuring a, a, a puck carrier and when you got to stay off. I mean, these are the types of I, things that... Yeah, I, I don't believe it's not knowing. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. It can't be not knowing. No, that's it's what I'm saying. Not so, being able to do. So is, what does that come down to? Because, I mean, what they've proven is they don't have these good habits. And we went on a rant in the previous segment, Woodley. Like, which player can you point to on this team that shift in and shift out, does, does the, plays the right way, has a winning mentality, has the right habits, and lives it day in and day out? Like, who do they have on this team that does that? Like, I don't know who that is. It's a short lesson. Like, listen, like, this... To me, this is the problem. Like, you're preaching to the choir on this. Like, how many times, Sad, have I talked about those habits defensively mm-hmm. and that they need to come from your leadership group and your highest paid players? Like, a chance just can't just be your grinders that do the right things all the time. Your offensive players have to pay attention to those details. And even when some of them were making great speeches in the preseason about how they wanted to be that player, um, I, I remember saying the next day, like, talk is cheap, man. Show me. Like, this is, you know, and, and at some point, I hate to say you are who you are um, because I do believe, like, goaltending is like that, right? Like, you can improve. It's mm-hmm. all about, like, constant evolution. If you're not getting better in a position that changes constantly, you're getting worse. I've had a couple of guys mention that to me this year. And I just, on that front, like, these are good players who do a lot of great things right. But in terms of taking care of those details and executing, and hey, listen, some of them, sometimes it's about, like when Bo Horvat's too aggressive, it's about trying to do, sometimes it's about trying to do too much. Yeah. 
like and just not sticking with the structure and and it and you know, sometimes that's discipline right sometimes it's it's like trying too hard trying we talked about that seattle goal on demco like just overextending on that yeah. one from the blue line and how it breaks the seal like just you get to that point where you're trying to do too much and when the snowball gets going downhill it's really tough to just stay home and trust everything and so you know like I hesitate to, to be super, super critical at when guys sometimes make mistakes out of effort or trying to do too much. But, man, like at what point do these things become ingrained, become automatic, and why haven't they? A lot of people will say, hey, let's on coaching. Well, we've got – this is – coach turn. It's just, it reminds me of Jacob, Mar- Jacob Markstrom in Florida, right? Like he came here, he made changes to his game, he became Jacob Markstrom. Do you think the coaches, the goalie coach, and think Robbie Callis didn't see how stupidly aggressive he was early in his career? Yeah. Like how needlessly over-aggressive. Like, do you think he didn't see that? How I could see it. And I ain't a goalie coach. Robbie Callis is a smart man, a good goalie coach. He saw it. He just couldn't get it to change. Like multiple coaches, multiple assistant coaches. You know, that's why I say it's not don't know. It's just don't do these things. And at some point, that's just like you said. Until you prove me wrong, that's who you are. And they've got a lot of that on this team. A lot of really talented, skilled players who just have not yet fully committed to doing those things. And without it, especially when your back end like doesn't have the talent to make up for it, like at the end of the day, without it, I don't think you're ever a championship team. Right? Like look at the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah. Talk about a team with high end skill. When Darcy Kemper was struggling last year in the playoffs, talking to somebody who was in that room, like they, like they lost confidence in what was going on behind them. And they just basically hit a point in the cup final where it's like, we just can't give up anything. Mm-hmm. And you know what? They didn't. To the Tampa Bay Lightning, literally elimination game, Stanley Cup clinching game, not even one grade A plus chance. Not even one. One maybe grade A that the guy never got off. And Darcy got there. Like, those are habits that win championships. So these guys aren't even close to that level. They're not even at a point right now where they can they can create the team habits to overcome what they don't have on the back end and getting to the point where you do it night in, night in at an elite level against elite teams. Like, I guess at this point, the question becomes, and it's a question that I believe this management group probably had to be asking before now, is if those things aren't part of their DNA, are we ever winning with them? And you have to, this is part of what I've said over the last couple of weeks. You have to figure that out before you start doubling down on more and more. And yet, hell, they already doubled down on one guy. So it's, um, it's, it's, I, I get frustrated. I guess that because to me, I've been asking this question for two or three years now yeah, I and I haven't seen the answer. And people like, you know, like the little details, right? Like, what? How many times have I talked about like line changes and back checks, and and those are the freaking details that separate teams that can overcome some injuries on the back end or or a lack of skill, and what we've seen here. And it just, you know, to this point, we just hear a lot of talk about it, and we don't hear enough cohesion and execution. And when you're through multiple coaching staffs, and the players haven't changed, and the habits haven't changed. I have a tough time looking beyond the players at that point. 
Uh, it was kind of a funny moment. I think it was at the end of the first period last night. Ethan Bear is going back to retrieve a puck uh, at the Canucks blue line. There's about 12, 15 seconds left on the clock, and he's he's looking up to see if anybody's going to like receive a pass. And half the team was just like, you know, just slowly, you know, yeah. going yeah. over to the bench. And he's like, he just threw his hands up, being like, "What? We're just quitting on the period? He's like, the nobody's <laughs> doing anything." <laughs> I thought yeah, I thought yeah, that, I was, mean, that, hey, was, listen, that one was the interesting. The way it was going there, sometimes it's just like, like said, let's eat it, let's get to the locker, yeah. let's regroup. Because here's the thing, right? Like, oh, see, I said I wasn't gonna rant. I wasn't <laughs> up to that rant, point. Rant. No, no, but like up to that point, like other than the PK, which once again is absolutely sewering everything mm-hmm. else for a second straight year. Man, do they miss Bradshaw? But. You know, because he wasn't in charge of the PK and didn't have a role in it. And I, and I know that Scott Walker did too after the changes. But, like, Shaw at the beginning of last se- last year was here but not present in the PK. I had I had players saying, why the hell do we have this guy if he's not involved in the things that he does best? And I thought they might miss him here. But, um, like, other than the PK completely undermining everything else, the first period wasn't a terrible period. No. Like one blown assignment on the mm-hmm. second goal they got, you know, I, I, and I didn't, haven't gone back at the tape and looked to see whether that was an actual pairing or that was just a one guy got off and the other guy didn't because it wasn't, you know, it was, I think it was Quinn and Stillman out there at the time, which probably, you know, obviously isn't, isn't what you want. Um, and that missed assignment, but they weren't bad in the first period. All the talk about devil's goaltending if Mackenzie Blackwood doesn't start a break, stop a breakaway on the first shot he sees three and a half minutes in, you know, he hadn't played in three games. Um, you know, like, like they had some chances, you know, Bo had a couple great chances early in the second period. Like it, it feels like the sky is falling and that's why I said I wouldn't rant. And yet I just think last night's just a different, like last night's more just a complete differing in the class of the two teams. And yet outside of a couple glaring moments, there were still some good things they did. The problem is it's hard to see this group eliminating the glaring moments and they don't have an eraser behind them because those moments are so glaring and so easy opportunities to like, they just give goals away with the cross ice in the back door. And so it's in some ways it feels like they're not that far away. And I want to sort of almost try and be positive here but because it's the same habits and the same mistakes over and over again, I don't know how you can be. We're 10 games in. Uh, hell, we're however many years in, and those things still happen. So uh, Spencer Martin has played two games, two starts of the first 10. has played well in both of those. Do you expect Martin to get more starts than just the back-to-backs? Uh, almost, only if. They like oh, yeah. That's a tough one. I, I'm honestly not sure. I, I my yeah. my gut reaction is only if they see fatigue as being an issue uh, in Thatcher's game, right? Or if they just feel like he needs a total reset and you know more practice time. Like today was a day off. Um, right now on the calendar, Friday is tentatively a day off, or at least they haven't put anything on the team calendar. Now I've said this before: when they're at home. Uh, team day off do not always mean goalie days off. Like for sure, I know there are days. Like sure, if it's PA mandated and you can't be on the ice because they, you know you haven't had enough breaks, that's one thing. But for sure, there are times where the team doesn't practice that the goalies and in Clark do. So um, you know, just because they've been off doesn't mean that the goalies have been off. And I, I just think I don't have that answer. 
I think you have to trust the goalie staff on this one. Yeah, hey, Spencer played really good in the Pittsburgh game. Um, but I think he'd probably be the first to tell you that the types of chances he saw were not the types of chances that we saw in that game last night against the New Jersey Devils. So what do we talk about, guys? Like, in preseason, when people were like, don't worry, it's only preseason. What were the two habits that I said concern me, even though it's just preseason? Odd man rushes and the inability to take care of second chances in and around the front of their net. Well, and, and the PK. What killed them last night? Like, tic-tac-toe on the PK, mm-hmm. inability to box out or take care, take care of second chances around the net, the second goal, like just completely blowing assignments. And then odd man rushes. I mean, it was there in the preseason. We talked about it. It hasn't been fixed. Um, I don't believe it's all. Some of it is, but I don't believe it's all just not good enough. Mm-hmm. It's exactly. in, in some cases just... I'd say don't care enough, but just just can't execute enough. Like just just don't have those habits. We've I've been ranting about mm-hmm. for the last however many minutes. No, I, I mean you're absolutely right. Now before we let you go, up against the clock a little bit, but um, Mikey Di Pietro he gets traded but stays with the Abbotsford Canucks for the time being. Uh, oh, does anything change for him? Like does uh, I mean the the whole idea of him getting traded was more opportunity and maybe he gets to uh, prolong his career and get to the NHL. Does it look like it's the right spot for him or no? Well, no, I mean, I, I, well, I mean, let's see what happens now, right? Um, Jeremy Swayman left that game last night after a collision. Uh, it looked kind of like maybe knee. Um, gave her my hockey pool. Lena Selmark actually got pulled, then ended up having to go back in and still got the W. So something positive in Woodley's world. <laughs> um, and I got rid of all that candy. But with Swayman out, like not sure how long it's going to be, uh, if it's going to be a longer term. They've already called Keith Kincaid up. Um, so does that open up a spot in Boston? Certainly when they made that deal, that was one of the things that I wondered about because it was Kincaid, who's, you know, that's the AHL veteran presence guy that can go up uh, and a prospect in Kyle Kaiser. They real like, I think there's actually another prospect in the system that, you know, might be ahead of Mikey DiPietro. So I'm honestly not sure. Obviously I hope for Mikey's case that there's a spot there. Maybe he gets to go play there right now. Um, but, you know, if it's status quo, like, Man, he wasn't playing in Abbotsford to start with. Hmm. If he's in Abbotsford as a three and the organization has no investment in his future, then I, I don't know what kind of playing – like, I don't think know that he could expect any games. Like, he might as well be on the taxi squad again. And so uh, I've, I've said it before, I'll say it again, it's criminal what's happened to his development in terms of the inability to get him games played. I know he doesn't have to go down to the ECHL contractually just based on – um, you know, like he's not on a three-way, he's not on an entry level. That would be his choice. And I don't even know if that's something that anybody's talked about. Like, I don't know that he's refused to. But at some point, as much as he knows he's an American Hockey League goalie, and I know he's an American Hockey League goalie, I think everybody does. If there's no opportunities at the end in either organization and your agent can't find you another team where there will be, man, you just, you just got to play. And if that means that a motion to a league where it's a little more chaos, I honestly think you got to consider it. Just find a spot to play because the inability of this organization to find them a spot to play a couple of years ago really hurt. And another lost year would, you know, I, I, how much longer after that before we're talking about Europe? So, um, <laughs> which I know he's definitely, like he is a good, a, he can be, and that's already shown he can play in the American Hockey League level without the opportunity to do so. I don't know how you ever get a chance to show you can take a step and play at the next level. 
Uh, last thing, real quick. Uh, listeners want to know what's your favorite candy? Oh, um, or chocolate bar, whatever. I don't think I can do that one quick because they're all so damn good, <laughs> and this is why I had to give it away to the masses in the press box. Guys, there's two more bags here. There's going to be more oh, on Thursday okay. night. Um, I'm probably I'm probably going coffee crisp. I'm a big coffee crisp guy. Oh, it was good. Actually, it was pretty, pretty cool. The the reporters from the states were like, they're like, oh my Canadian candies, I can't get down there. So they were digging in and taking the uh, the, the devil's uh, staff. Definitely went away with a few extra coffee crisps last night. Uh, always appreciate the time with Leo. The best. Thanks, guys. Uh, there is Kevin Woodley. Uh, always great insights. Dan Richo, Satyar Shah. Overrated, underrated is coming up on Canuck Central. The hockey shop in Surrey is moving to Langley. Their last day in Surrey is November 14th, and they'll reopen in Langley November 19th. Details at thehockeyshop.com. Overrated, underrated next on Canuck Central.